Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Joining me on the phone from Judas Priest, it is the one, the only, the metal voice or the metal god, Rob Halford. And co-hosting today, or joining me on the phone right now, it is drummer extraordinaire Bobby Blotzer. Bonjour, Bobby. How are you? Bonjour. I am very well. Thank you for asking. It's good to hear your voice. Thanks for calling and reaching out. It's always good to hear some old friends, you know? Yeah. Now, As speaking of old friends, we, yeah, well, I, I feel the same way. But speaking of old friends, we, we haven't heard from you in the news recently. What's been going on? I, I Health-wise, everything okay? Health is really good. You know, everything's good. I Oh, what's up? Let's see. Just chilling, enjoying life. Uh, golfing. Got a new guitar. Been working on some some material. Really not writing for anything. Just kind of, you know, opening up the door again a little bit and uh, that sort of thing. I have a new lady in my life who I love named Tanya, and she's got a couple of young kids. My kids are thirty-seven and thirty-six, and uh, Michael and Marcus. These kids are nine and seven. They're awesome, uh, Jameson and Briggs. And doing that again at this age, you got to really re- try to remember what was going on when your respective children were that age. So I'm enjoying it. That's yeah. kind of what I'm up to. Good. You so, know, and then grew with my dogs, of course, naturally. Well, you see, and mine's right at my feet right here. You can't see him, but he's right here. But So let, let's quickly talk Rob Halford. He's got this new Christmas album out called Celestial. And, of course, Judas Priest, 50th anniversary tour coming up in uh, 2020. Have you... Awesome. Have you toured with them? Have you ever been around the Rob, the, the Rob Halford Judas Priest camp? A little bit, yeah. Um, that's funny. Hi, Rob and members of Priest that might be hearing this. Bobby Blotzer, wishing you happy holidays and uh, happy anniversary, 50 years. I can feel the 50 years for them because while we never toured with Priest, and I have met Rob on several occasions and the other members, um, I got some cool history, like the first time I would say that I saw a priest after being turned on to him. I was in a band with Don Dawkin, and we went to the Whiskey. This was in 1977. It might have been late 76, like around November 76, early 77, but um, we saw him at the, at the Whiskey, and they were late. I mean, like late going on to where the Whiskey locked the doors Locked everybody in, basically, and Priest didn't go on till 2 in the morning, which is extremely rare for any club in California with a 2 a.m. curfew to have something like that go on. But in the meantime, I was back upstairs in the hallway where the dress rooms are. There was really nobody up there. Me and Don, another friend of mine, Greg, and uh, Eddie Van Halen was wandering around the hallway. So... I was shooting the breeze with him and, you know, just waiting for these guys to go on. It was so packed downstairs, so it was nice to take a breather. And then I saw, this was the first encounter that I ever had with Rob Alford. He was warming up really loud, and it was incredible to hear that voice and the power through the doorways emanating through the hallway. And he came out, and then he got locked out of the dress room, and he got pretty mad about it because he's pounding on the door 
and nobody's opening the door and he's standing back and he's running and kicking at the door. I don't know if he remembers this or not, but I do. <laughs> and certainly Eddie does. Cause I was down there with Eddie Van Halen at the time. And then, you know, we went down and watched him play. I didn't see him after the show and I've run into him several times. Last time was in 2010. We did play a show with him in Tokyo and on the way home in the plane, my seat was, you know, somewhere, you know, on the same side as them, a little up from them. And Rob walks in, sees me sitting there and comes and sits on my lap. And he goes, damn, we've been doing this a long time, haven't we? And I said, yeah, we have. You a little longer than me, but I was doing it then too, but I just wasn't on the stage as they were. But I think they got a few years on the boys and rap, maybe 10 years or something like that. I love Priest. I love their music. They are alongside hand in hand with Black Sabbath, the kings of metal, in my opinion. You know, you got your junior versions, you know, like Maiden. And that's not sliding Maiden in any way, shape, or form. But to me, Priest and Sabbath always were the quintessential number ones that got that sound going. Yeah, so I and, tip my hat to all the metal bands in general. And of course, Sabbath is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Judas Priest up for it this year. Hopefully, they'll get in. Um, just before yeah. I ask you about news in in Bobby's world, uh, Motley Crue have announced that they're back. The four year hiatus, which which really is sort of like a break between an album cycle, but is that exciting news to you, or is is it great when bands reunite and get back together and just give fans what they want? Well. Wow, that's an interesting question, and I'm trying to ponder how I answer this with the, it wasn't with the radio deliber- answer or what's it, or what's in my brain answer. It wasn't you deliberately know, loaded. I, I, I'm thinking of it going, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a loaded question. It, it, it wasn't, but okay. But yeah, I can see how it's... Well, <laughs> yeah. no, it's terribly exciting for bands to reunite, you know, and I'm very happy to hear about Priest, you know, up for the Hall of Fame. I just played golf with Neil Giraldo last week, and I prematurely uh, complimented him and congratulated him on that. And he said, well, not yet. I thought they were like, you know, in stone going into it. So he's a genius writer and a great guy. And obviously the Pat Benatar group, they've written so many hits. So to hear Priest and now other rock bands about time, we all know that that's old hat news, but you know, I mean, Motley getting together doesn't zero for me. Um, I could care less personally. Uh, but, you know, if bands get back together after breaking up, great. Right? You know, I mean, if it makes them happy, awesome. And if it makes the fans happy, that's what's going to make them happy. You know, I understand it. But it's a very exciting tour. I don't know who's headlining or who's, I, I'm sure Poison's going on first, but I don't know if they're flip-flopping with, with Leopard or what's going on. But, you know, good news for 80s genre of, of metal and hard rock. Yeah, well, I love it. News for fans. And there is a rumored fourth band. I'm understanding that it is going to be a different opener or a different fourth band. So, you know, none of this has been announced officially, but I'm sort of hearing, and, and perhaps wrongly, that it might be one band for three or four shows and another band for another three. Who knows? We will see if it gets announced. If uh, Right now it's all speculation, so... If you're out there in internet land quoting me, make sure that you write that it's speculation. Uh, but for you, what? let's not <laughs> speculate on Bobby. What? What is up with Bobby? We know that you have been silent for a couple of years musically. What's next? Now, a solo album, a new band, a, 
tribute band in terms of, of getting people out there and do what are we doing? What's next? What's up? I don't what know. Happened? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because my first line of defense before the offense is to, you know, end this unbelievably taxing situation that, you know, the rap members have been going through, you know, me and the other guys with these fucking lawsuits and stuff. Um, thankfully, Warren Martini and myself, you know, settled ours and it was dismissed and it's gone. And WBS is back. WBS Inc. is back intact the way it was. And that's really all I could say on that. Um, I, you know, that's as far as joining a band, forming a band, whatever. I, it's nothing that I'm really thinking about at the moment. I've been doing this so long that, you know, I'm in, I'm digging the time off. I'm a little bored at times, you know, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, there's a time that things end and the time things don't. And for us at the moment, at least, you know, it's for me, you know, it's not something that's driving me onto the phone to, you know, try and reach out, let people know I'm available or anything like that. I sit in with a couple friends, bands here and there, and it feels always feels really good. And um, my old lady loves to see me play. She was never at any of the rat, big rat gigs, that sort of thing. So for that purpose, I would love to be doing it for her and the, and her, you know, her two kids and for my friends and fans alike. I mean, I still play really well. I think when I get up and play with these bands, you know, and it feels really good, you know, but first we got one more of these lawsuit things that's coming to an end here very soon. And hopefully it'll be resolved like, you know, the way that Warren and my thing was put to rest, you know, where everybody could go on with their lives and not have to think about this, at least on my end. I, it tends to haunt me in my sleep, you know, rat mares, look for the new book. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> That's that one thing of... that's on my plate is a new book, follow up to Tales of a Rat. Oh, good. That I put oh, out good. 10 years ago. And, yeah. And, and those lawsuits you know? take the, to kick the sh out of people, you know, it, it's, it's rough. So I'm glad to hear that that one with, uh, with Warren was settled and, uh, well, yeah, Hey, tell you what, let's get over to Rob Halford. What do you think? Sounds good? Yes. Here we go. Of so course, uh, naturally. He, naturally. So here he is, uh, the one, uh, the only, the metal god, Rob the Halford. Greatest. Oh, the greatest yeah. is right. Here's Rob. We are speaking with uh, the legendary vocalist Rob Halford. Of course, his new album is a Celestial. It is Rob Halford with family and uh, friends. As we say in Montreal, uh, bonjour, Rob. How are you? Hello, Mitch. It's great to be with you again. I'm I'm doing really well, and, and I'm excited to to speak with you and to all of our metal maniacs and bring everybody up to speed with what's happening in the metal gods world. Yes, and of course, I will just tell uh, the listeners we are going to be focusing on the album Celestial. I know everybody has a lot of priest questions, but that's for another time and place. Let us focus on what's uh, ahead of us here. So, let us talk this album. It is. Not your first Christmas album. So talk to me about wanting to put out Christmas albums and, and sort of becoming the, the heavy metal Mariah Carey, if you want. And I mean that respectfully, by the way. Um, no, I know what you mean. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, you know, it all, it all kind of reflects a little bit uh, to that previous release, the Winter Song uh, album. Um, and, and that's that kind of stuck with me, and and the, you know throughout the years, the fans would say, "Hey, that, that was a really cool record. You, you think you might kind of 
dabble in that world again, that Christmas um, festive world again. And I, and I said, yeah, you know, if time permits, you know, a priest is, is, the, is, uh, is always forging the furnace and, and uh, so many things going on. But here, here was an opportunity, a special way of, of, of venturing back into that world. So uh, all the celestial music came together while I was with priests making the firepower record and touring and what, whatnot. Um, uh, and, and, and I was able to kind of hand all this over to, uh, you know, in, into an extraordinary moment where um, my brother and my, and my nephew and their respective friends came together and they did all the slog, <laughs> they did all the hard work, put in, put in the celestial songs together and, um, and that's how it would, you know, finally, finally came into shape. It took a couple of years or more, uh, slowly but surely, because there was no rush. But that's the backstory to how we got to uh, the celestial uh, moment, yeah. So I want to ask you about this, because it is the second one. Is this something that interests you to sort of go on and do more? And, and I'm thinking more in the sense of Rod Stewart. You know, he started off with the Great American Songbook, and then he became the Great American Songbook Tours, and it became something... It sort of redefined his career. Is that something that you'd like to see yourself do? Not getting away from priests, not denying the heavy metal history, but just saying, hey, I want to just go out and do something fun. I'm, I'm 68. It's time to be just fun. Well, it's all that, you know. And, and to be honest, I think you, that's a great word, fun. Even now, all these years later in priests, we have a lot of fun doing what we do. That's what music, music emotionally, that's, that's what it's all about. It's supposed to give you good times and lift you up and to, you know, bring all of those emotions out of you. And whether it's at home by yourself or listening to music with friends or going to see, your, you know, your favorite bands. Um, and I'm in, I'm in a wonderful place, you know, I'm slowly but surely inching my way to the big 7-0. And I'm, I'm still an active working musician, you know, and I love it and I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm so grateful to all of my fans and you know priest fans around the world for giving us these these opportunities still so far and into this wonderful heavy metal world it is and uh, i'll i'll just deviate quickly on the priest thing i saw two shows this year at in albany and i guess it was may uh the fans aren't doing you any favors you're delivering the goods and if it wasn't for i mean those two shows were spectacular so you know, we're supporting you because you're still firing at a high level. Let's let's be honest. Um, well, the, you know, yeah, it, it's so in, it, that, that's an important point. We've always said in priest, particularly, that as long as we're able to do that phrase, it's a great phrase, deliver the goods. There's no reason to kind of um, dial it back or, or you know let it fade. The the band's on top of the world right now. Uh, with the great success of Firepower and that accompanying world tour that took us around the planet a couple of times. Um, so you need that. It's motivation. You know, all musicians need motivation and inspiration. And that's what um, our wonderful fans gave us for, uh, for the Firepower track. It was great. Yeah, they really did. So so let's get back to a Celestial. You do have your sister on here, Sue, and of course your brother Nigel. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk to me about that. First of all, my wife's name is Sue. I got to throw that in there. But let's, because oh, uh, right. she's going to listen, she's going to say you didn't mention me. You know how it works. <laughs> but 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 talk to yeah. me about this, <laughs> the importance of family and and having them in here. And then I'm going to refer back to an interview you did ten years ago where they were talking to your father oh. and to 
But talk to me about the importance of a family. And, you know, is it, was it fun just to have them on there and sort of say, hey, after 50 years of, of career, it's sort of like, here we are back to us in front of a Christmas tree in 1950, whatever, just singing something. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I totally understand what you mean uh, and, and the saying there, uh, Mitch. Um, the bottom line is Christmas time is for family and friends. That's the way we've always celebrated it, you know, from from being little kids to to, to all through our lives, you know, and, and I'm about to celebrate it with my great niece, Harper Rose, who turns one in a, in a few weeks' time. You know, I'll be back in the UK. Um, celebrating this wonderful time of the year. And, yeah, my brother and my nephew have, have been actively uh, working as musicians with their with the, their respective bands over the years. And I've always, in my mind, wanted an opportunity to make some of this music together. So this is, this is where we're at, you know. It took a long time to get here. But this is this is again the way that music works. Some of it comes together really um, smoothly and quickly on a timeline. Some of it takes a little bit longer. But in any event, we, we reach the point where we've got this beautiful music out into the world now. You, you really do. So all right, I'm going to re- I'm going to refer back to this article from uh, uh, Wolverhampton. It's a, an our newspaper over there, then that in that part of the world. And they were talking to your brother Nigel, and he was talking about how there's a big age gap between you and yet when he would go to high school at the Frank F. Harrison school, eventually people would say, Hey, you're, you're Rob Halford's brother. Uh, talk to me a little about, about having that, the baby brother and, and what kind of influence you had on him? Cause this is sort of a family time, right? The, the Christmas time and this Christmas album. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it, it's not unusual for, um, for families that have musicians in them. Um, for for the, the offspring, that's right. Thing to call my brother, uh, to, to to kind of um, you know take a footstep in the same direction. And um, Nigel and I have never really talked about that specifically. I can only presume that he saw what what his brother was doing, and 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 he got he got kind of wrapped up in the whole experience himself. You know, my brother has went to many many shows. Um, seeing Priest as he was growing up, same, same as my nephew, Alex. And um, so, yes, uh, you know, it, it, it's just wonderful. From, from, a, from a performance point of view particularly, because um, that was the other reason I felt it was important to um, show Nigel's great, technical ability as a drummer as well as um, my nephew's ability as a, as a bass player in the way that they represent many, many musicians all around the world that do the same kind of thing. You know, they come on from work, they get washed and changed, they go and have a jam or they go and write a song or they go in the studio or something. So Marge and, and, and Alex are at this great level, you know, so this is, a, this is also... Tremendous um, shout out to musicians like themselves around the world that, that make music in one of the most purest forms, you know, which is simply for the joy and pleasure of being together in a band and hanging out and doing all this cool stuff. 
Yeah, it really is. And and I know we're down to our last five minutes. And, and this is the uh, the Wolverhampton Express and Star. That's where I'm coming from. Um, they had quoted your father at the time, Barry, saying that success hasn't changed Rob. Even at all, everything he's been through, he's still the metal god. Um, talk to me about that in terms of we are coming up on the 50th anniversary of Priest. How do you sort of take stock in, in the career and in yourself as a person looking back on everything you've been through in these 50 years? And I know you can't answer that in five minutes, but sort of the Cliff Notes version of has it changed you? Well, you know... Yeah, here's the deal. I think your upbringing, your, your family, your parents, um, where you're from, um, you know, the world knows where I'm from. I'm from Walsall, which is a very, you know, blue-collar, hard-working um, place. And, you know, it's that kind of thing, keep your head down and get on with it and, and don't make a fuss and just do the best job that you can do. There's a simple mantra, you know. And don't let any of the extraneous things kind of get in the way and and try and twist and turn you into into a different person. Um, we're, we're all that way in priest. Not none of us have, have got those types of um, interferences. So that's been valuable to me, Mitch. It really has. And of course, uh, we'll talk, of course, with um, Alex Hill, who's on this, who's uh, the son of Ian Hill. Talk about it. Pardon me. Talk about talk to me about having Alex on this. And, and what does he bring to Celestial? Uh, again, he's, he's great work as a, as, a, as a bass player, as a musician. You know, the guys were getting together, doing all these great arrangements with Robert Jones and John Blake, the two guitar players. And they, they shared every step of this way together. And um, they would send me demos as I was out around the world to Priest and Firepower. And I was just blown away by what I was hearing, you know. And I, I, I is this okay? Do we need to change this up? And the other, I'm like, guys, you know, you've got it. This is, this is sounding really, really strong. And, you know, once you've got Mike Exeter at the helm as producer as well, from the very beginning, um, it, it became a very strong moment. This isn't your kind of, you know, pre-anticipated kind of, you know, we, we know what Rob's going to do. He's going to bang out some metal Christmas songs. This is a beautifully thought out and arranged, a very professional, polished piece of work. And I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying for the guys and Mike and everybody else that did such a great job. So all in all, you know, the the the, the things that are, that are coming out, the, the speakers, in, in headphones, it, it's all top-notch stuff. And I'm thrilled for them. I'm very, very happy and... and and thrilled for and excited for what the guys were able to create here. Much has been said for the last decade about Rock is Dead. We're heading into 2020. Uh, Priest is doing shows with with Ozzy. You're doing shows with Saxon. We've got Motley Crue, Def Leppard, ACDC. Uh, Kiss continues on their tour. Looking looking at it in terms of 2020, are you surprised that we're still talking about Rock and we still have all these great tours? And, and was that whole Rock is Dead thing just over... It, 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 you know what I mean? Was it was it just too much of a of an expression? Yeah, I don't know how that got let out of the barn. Quite frankly, he just got picked up by a few people. I've always pushed back against that every step of the way, and I will continue to do so. And if anything, those great names, those great bands that you've mentioned, just really kind of you know squishes into into the mud. You know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have value. It doesn't make sense. All of these bands are going out stronger than ever now. We know a lot of us are recording still. We have we're, we're crossing multi generations of new rock and metal fans around the world. People still want us, you know. 
we are we're some of you know, some people call us like the old guards, the old lines of rock and metal. Well, call us what you will, but we're still loud and proud and strong as ever. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. As we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup, Rob. Uh, always, always a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to my next pre-show. Thank you so much, Mitch. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, my friend. Merci beaucoup. Is it mon ami or mes amis? Mais, and, mais, mon uh, ami et à la prochaine, right? Ah, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, I wish you all a bon Noël. Oui. And um, I can't think of the French for Happy New Year. But, um, Joyeux année. The there you go. Ah, great. Joyeux année. And all the very best to you, and look forward to seeing you sometime in 2020. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. See you, Mitch. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Want to take a shower with Mitch? Hey, Siri, play Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. I couldn't find Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon in your music. Ugh, she never works. Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. And there you have it, folks, my interview with uh, Rob Halford. And since we've had one metal god on the show, why not make it to? Uh, speaking of the Wizards of a Winter Tour, here is, from Trickster, guitarist Steve Brown. We are speaking with uh, guitarist Steve Brown. He is, of course, with the Wizards of Winter, but you might know him from the Eric Martin Band, Dennis DeYoung filling in for Def Leppard, Trickster, and others, uh, or actually co-hosting here on the show. Uh, bonjour, Steve. How are you? Hello, my friend Mitch. Greetings from Alto, New Mexico. you got to love that. Now, how does it feel now? Because you've co-hosted and stuff before, but you're actually on the number one music interview podcast in Greece. Do you feel part of that success for having co-hosted with me before? I certainly do. I feel uh, personally responsible for all your, all your success over the last year and a half that I've been co-hosting. And uh, as always, you know how much I love you, dude, and I love your podcast and um, the cast of characters that are involved, Alan Niven and, you know, all the other guests, uh, guest hosts who've done fabulous jobs. But uh, I certainly uh, love spending time with you and talk, give, getting the old rock gossip, if you will. And, uh, you know, here we are again. So I'm, uh, I'm ready to talk Wizards of Winter. Yeah, so let's, let's talk that. So, of course, uh, fans know you from doing the hard rock stuff and the hard rock guitaring stuff. Talk to me about this Wizards of Winter show. It is a Christmas show. Do you still get to do the hard rock guitar stuff? Explain it for a fan that doesn't know what this is, hasn't seen it, and says, hey, this is coming to my town. Should I bother going? Yeah, of course you should. First off, yes, it's full-on guitar mania. My co-guitar player, who is the lead guitar player in the band and the primary, you know, hard rock songwriter of the material, um, along with Scott Kelly, but Fred Gorhow, who was in, you know, a fantastic New Jersey guitar player who I grew, I've known him for 30 years. He was in a great band called Push back in the day, and he was also recently in this band Dark Sky Choir um, with John Moyer from Disturbed and blah, 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 lots of great players. And he's, you know, yeah, it's phenomenal. So long and short, it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra, only better as far as I'm concerned, because I'm in it. And uh, But no, all kidding aside, it's a, it's a great real rock and roll band, no pre-recorded tracks, no uh, click tracks, all live rock and roll, but with the classical influence, all that stuff you know, like TSO, 
some of the other Christmas things, but, you know, this band was started, you know, uh, 10 years ago by uh, Sharon and Scott Kelly, again, New Jersey people. So it's just a phenomenal group of musicians. We have violin, we have keyboards, we have great drums. John O'Reilly, the great drummer, who was in Rainbow, who was in TSO for 15 years. So it's all the familiar sounds, but in my humble opinion, taken to another level. So, so let me ask you about that because when you're with Dennis DeYoung or with Trickster or with Def Leppard, you know, it's, it's bass, guitar, drums, off we go. Here you've got the violins, the flute. For you as a guitarist, does that change how you approach things? Does hearing those sounds, I don't want to say confuses you, but does it like go, oh, okay, I got to readapt how, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have to sort of alter the way you play to fit in with all this new instrumentation? Certainly. You know, every time. I do a new project when I'm coming in as a guitar player, whatever, whether it's saving the day or going out playing, whether it's playing with Trickster or playing with Danger Danger. It's all a little bit of a different animal, yet it has the same sort of, you know, the same sort of backbone. You know, everything, you know, you have to, what I, what I always like to say is I always have to find my space. And I go, so, you know, how am I going to make Wizards of Winter different? And what am I going to bring to it that's going to, again, take it to a new level? So Fred is handling, Fred Gorehouse handling, you know, he wrote all the guitar solos and the stuff, wrote all the, you know, the heavy rock riffs. So I have to go, all right, Fred, you do your thing. But when my solo spots come up, what am I going to do that first and foremost is going to be, Steve Brown's addition to it because I'm not going to go in and, and, you know, let it be known when I play, no matter who it is, whether it's Def Leppard, whether it's Dennis DeYoung, Danger Danger, Eric Martin, all those solos that I play on those, I do, I nod my hat, you know, to the, you know, to the original guitar player, Steve Clark or, or Phil Collins for that matter. But at the same time, I add my own style because I've always been the believer that when you when you come into a project, um, it's very important that you play your style and make it fit for that style of music because I've heard too many guitar players try to come into something, whether it's even being in a tribute band, like with Rubik's Cube or when I played in Van Halen tribute bands, I never could hear any guitar player maybe Russ Parrish, you know, when he was doing the atomic punks thing, he was probably one of the best that he could really nail that stuff note for note. I find it's much more soulful when you add your own guitar parts and your own style to it. If that's a little long winded, I'm sorry. No, but, no, but, uh, but, but I know. agree. And, and, uh, I will uh, let me ask you since since you quickly mentioned Def Leppard and I know you can't get into it because you're close to the camp, but there is this rumored Motley Crue Def Leppard Poison tour. Uh, assuming it's real, how exciting is that? I think it's you know it is what it is. I'm happy for it. You know, I mean, I can't say anything. I you know, wink, wink. I don't know anything about it. Um, you know, so let's, let's just move on from there, but I think it's good for rock and roll. Listen, listen, anytime 
there is something that's going to be an event and the amount of press that this tour has been getting. Look, all those guys are my friends. I think, you know, Def Leppard, that's my family, rock and roll family. So, yes, I want to see everybody. And I hear that they're going to be playing stadiums. How great is that? Rock and roll playing fucking stadiums. It's awesome. If it happens. If it happens, and, and we do know that Motley Crue is coming back because they put out a video on their official YouTube page. They blew up their cessation of touring contract, and people are like, well, they owe us an apology. They don't. No, they don't. I mean, maybe for having recorded Like a Virgin, yes, that they probably should apologize for. Definitely, but... definitely apology for that. <laughs> they might have to take, yeah, that yeah. But but what's wrong with with rock and roll going on? Listen, I look at my mom and I look at my dad and, and, and they talk about Elvis and they talk about, you know, Gene Autry and they talk about Frank Sinatra. And guess what? They're not in their lives anymore. They're gone. So if Motley Crue wants to go out and do another 10 years and give me another 10 years of whatever you want to call it, fun, my youth, well, please, please do it. Do it. Right? Don't you feel the same way? Exactly. I mean, look, man, I, it's become the farewell tour. You know, look, look we, and I've seen your posts about it. The Who started this kind of, it's kind of a joke, really. You know, it really is. Like, I don't get it why you even do it. I, you know, we all know, yeah, it helps sell tickets, but... I don't know why Motley was still, I mean, most of those guys, when they announce it, they're still under 60 years old, like, or close to 60. Why bother doing that? But it is what it is, man. Let's not even waste any, let's get back to the Wizards of Winter. I don't even want to waste any more talk right, about so let's, it. Right, so let's get back to the Wizards of Winter. They did put out an album called The Christmas Dream. You're not part of it, but do you see yourself being part of albums down the future? Is this something that you're going to do? Put it this way. Are we doing this November, December 2019, or do you see yourself doing this again in 2020, 2021, and then being more part of the band and what they do? I would love to. I mean, all I can tell you is, you know, for being in the you know project for like six months now and the rehearsing and the learning project, you know, and again, getting back to what I was saying about the guitar before, I've definitely found where I can add my... Um, my own style to this. So yes, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm having a great time. We're five shows in now. The band is hitting their stride. We're crushing it every night. You know, we have an incredible production for what it is, you know, a small theater thing. And we're doing venues, you know, from, you know, a thousand people to 3000 people. Shows are selling great. And, you know, all I can say is, I'm having a great time out here, and uh, the band is the show is kick ass. So anybody who comes out to see it, you will not be disappointed. But yeah, I hope to be a part of it. I can't give you an honest answer because we all know that I'm on the call list. So if you know, let's say you know Hall of Fame legendary band number three calls me and says, "Hey man, we need you. Can you come out on tour with us?" You know what I have to do. You got to go. Now, I will ask you this because you are band, uh, your bandmate is Greg Smith. And if you, you look at his pedigree, he's uh, collaborated or For played sure. on albums with Billy Joel, Alice Cooper, Rainbow, uh, Ted Nugent, Alan Parsons. Uh, he was in the Wayne's World film, a uh, part of the Alice Cooper. Talk to me a little bit about Greg because he's, he's, he's one of those guys that's just, he, he's on that call list too. Well, Greg has made his career being that guy. You know, he's first off, he's one of the great, you know, great 
rock bass players that I've ever played with. One of the nice, you know, he's a very dear friend. He's a brother. I've known him for 30 plus years since basically we were kids coming up in the business. So you don't get much better than that. Great bass player, phenomenal singer. He has the whole package. Um, you know, so to be playing with him and of course, you know, let's not forget, he's my Tokyo Motor Fist brother. You know, he's the bass player in the band and bringing the high vocals along with myself to help Ted out. And um, it's great being out here. And the, just the other night, we're in the hotel room in uh, Frisco, Texas, recording bass tracks for the brand new Tokyo Motor Fist record. So we're actually getting work done out here, you know, not just being rock and roll slobs sleeping until four o'clock in the afternoon and not being productive during the day. So it's kind of a win-win on all, all fronts for us. Right. Th- th- those guys that sleep until four, we call those guys the TSO guys. Yeah, amen. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'd kidding. Love... Yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, wizardsofwinter.com, dot com, where you can find all the information about the band. But I will ask you about Tokyo Motor because I was uh, at Madison Square Garden with Billy Joel's drummer, as you know, Chuck Berge. You helped set that up. Um, talk and to he's you. also the drummer in Tokyo Motor Fist. Et voila. So <laughs> we so we were talking about that. Talk to me a little bit about this second album. When does it come out? When is it finished? Um, do we tour? Do we do some dates? Do we see you at a place like M3? Do we see you at a heavy Montreal? Maybe in 2021, they canceled the 2020 edition, but is it just an album band or is it a touring band? Well, I think we've proven that already. Well, touring band is, you know, uh, we're, I'm still waiting for that phone call. You know, don't think that I haven't thrown uh, the Tokyo Motor Fist name into the potential fourth slot, the elusive fourth slot on the Def Leppard Motley Poison Stadium show. I mean, you know, how great would it be to be fisting in stadiums, you know, wink, wink. But, uh, yeah, we're, I, we're open for anything. You know, last year we did a couple dates after the first album. You know, we played some New, New Jersey shows. We did, uh, we did the Rockingham Festival in Nottingham, England. We are definitely one of the few, let's say, Frontiers Records supergroups that actually play shows. We've done three. We're going to be on the Monsters of Rock Cruise 2020, which we are so looking forward to. So we're a real band. And it's just not that easy to get booked. You know, I would love to be booked on the M3 festival. Still waiting for the phone call, Eric Baker. Yeah, you know, it is tough. And and the competition out there is exceptionally difficult. And I'll, and I'll explain to some. I, was, I had a discussion with a manager who manages a bunch of um, cover bands. And he was telling me that these bands get all these corporate gigs and they're getting $35,000. And I'm like... How does a Journey cover band or a, or a ABBA cover band or get that kind of money? And so when you get a new band like Tokyo Motor Fist, it's like, yeah, well, I can get this the the, the Journey cover band to come do. It's 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 impossible. It's it's really a struggle. So I don't know how you do it. In fact, do you know how you do it? How how do you get yourself a gig? Well, you just have to be persistent. You know, we have, uh, you, you know, we're, we're working with some new agents right now. And I, I don't know, man, you know, I mean, most of the stuff that comes our way, it comes, our, you know, comes through us. 
you know, Monsters of Rock Cruise, of course, that's our relationship with our dear friend Larry Morand and, you know, everybody on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. The other things have just, you know, happened not by booking agencies, I can tell you that. And that's just, it's, you know, it is what it is. If we, It's different being a trickster or being a danger danger when you have that, you know, the, 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 the name out there. But when you're members of Trickster Danger Danger, Billy Joel, Rainbow, Ted Nugent, yeah, I, I would think it would be easier because, you know, with Tokyo Motor Fist, with our live show, you're kind of getting a greatest hit show along with some of the great Tokyo Motor Fist records. So, listen, man, I have my theories, but I'd rather not go into that, uh, you know, in a public forum. Right. So hopefully we'll, we'll get out there. And, and I will ask you one last more thing about uh, Tokyo Motor Fist. Uh, I know that Frontiers has their sort of in-house production team and in-house writers that they like to get involved on every album. Is this something that do they work in conjunction with you or is Tokyo Motor Fist really just the guys and then you send off the album to Frontiers? No, well, they have their way, you know, I mean, the Frontiers, you know, Alessandro Del Vecchio, the great producer, my dear friend, I love the guy. He does a lot of the records for that, like Re- Revolution Saints, you know, that's a band. I mean, I don't even, I don't know if they're writing their songs now, but, you know, I love that band, but that was kind of Ali's thing. And, you know, Tokyo Motor Fist is much more in-house to where, you know, yours truly is the writer, producer, engineer. On this new record, though, I will let some of the, some of the trick, you know, some of the tricks out of the bag and some of the secrets you know uh bruno ravel great my dear friend is going to be helping me mix the record he's actually working on stuff right now so that's going to be a great thing for uh, for all the fans uh i got i have the legend dennis de young is going to be playing a keyboard solo on one of the new tracks which is the ballad which is Probably I'm going to go on record as saying one of the best songs I've ever written in my in my 40 years of writing songs. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably one of the best songs I ever ever wrote. And uh, Dennis has agreed to play a solo, which I'm going to be recording at his house in a couple weeks. On the Wizards of Winter tour, I'm going with my portable recording studio to the great Dennis DeYoung's house, and we're going to record this solo. So that's a little that's a little uh, cat out of the bag for you. And that's a that's a great bonus. I mean, holy mackerel! And and Dennis, I believe, has announced that he is recording his final ever album, his farewell album. I, th- I think he said that, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, he has, and then and I've heard some of it, and I will tell you, it is some of the best stuff he has ever written and recorded. It's as good, if not better, than anything else he's done in his career. Wow! Wow! High praise That's indeed. Good. High praise indeed, uh, Steve. Anything else we need to plug, or shall we just say, hey, folks, head over to wizardsofwinter.com. Head out to the show. You will love it. Uh, Lots of video on YouTube if you're unsure, but go check it out. It is worth every single penny. That's for sure, man. I couldn't be happier with this. And, you know, we're heading in next week. We're going to be in the new, the hometown, New York, New Jersey area. And then we hit the Midwest starting the first week of December. And, uh, you know, come out and see us. We're hanging. You know where to find me. I'm always around saying hi to everybody, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know. And that's, uh, that's what I do. And, uh, you know, the Wizards, everybody in the band, great people, great players, and it's a great show. Does uh, does any fan wearing a Rock Talk with Mitch LaFont t-shirt get an automatic free meet and greet?
They totally do. They get a free guitar pick and a hug from Steve Brown. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Steve, as, as we say in Montreal and Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. And uh, there you go, folks. The the Christmas episode, Rob Halford and Steve Brown. That's That's a dynamic duo right there. That's it. I love you, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. God bless you all, and God bless rock and roll. Ever wonder what Vince Neil would sound like if he was a black belt in Taekwondo? <laughs> what about what his favorite McDonald's menu item is? <laughs> Just hold the pickles. This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFun. Yeah, so the best thing to do is put some celestial on, turn it up full, and try and have a, try and have a shuffle around the kitchen. Yes. So yeah. In fact, I, I've been listening, been listening to it over the last. In fact, I, I actually saw it for sale in the Montreal Walmart, and I was like, "Oh, look at that!" Oh my God, that's 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 wonderful. You know, whenever I see my stuff or priest stuff uh, on sale uh, anywhere, whether it's a, a Walmart or a, a Target or a truck stop, it, it's still a thrill. You know. It, it, that's never left me. I always just get such a buzz from seeing our music, uh, you know, in the real world, especially the physical yep. product, the CDs and the vinyl. It's magic. It really is. And we should get started, but I'll just I'll just add to that before we start is I got a thrill as a fan because I'm. it's been so many years since you've seen you know the Def Leppards and the Motley Crues and the and the and the Judas Priests and the and I walked by and I went oh look at that it's not Celine Dion or, or Mar- Mariah Carey look at it was great <laughs> it, it was great anyway let's get let's get started here before because I know you've only got okay. fifteen minutes okay. so here we go on yeah uh, we'll get a blast yeah which is <clears> fine <throat> uh, I'm I'm all down for that on uh, three two one. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.